You're listening to Latchkey Kids on the Channel 3900 Podcast Network. Here's your hosts Amy Poppinger and Sam Mulberry. Welcome to the Latchkey Kids. I am Sam Mulberry, and I am joined as always by Amy Poppingup. Amy, we have a live studio audience. You. Uh, this may be more people than regularly listen to episodes of the show. So, uh, so this is pretty exciting for us. Uh, Amy, Latchkey Kids. Uh, I'm assuming no one in this room has heard this podcast Probably before not. because we are in story in modern America. We literally have a captive audience today uh, because I think if you leave, your grade goes down. And that's I, what we were told. That's yeah. That's the deal that we have here. So, um, so. What is the Latchkey Kids? So Latchkey Kids is a podcast about growing up in the 1980s. And the phrase Latchkey became popularized in the 1980s for kids who came home after school and were left unsupervised and parents or parent did not come home until much later. So you had ample free time to explore yes, um, and potentially get into trouble. So it's sort of what happened in life um, in the 1980s between the hours of roughly 3.15 in the afternoon up until about 5.30, 5.45. And this phrase, you were you were called latchkey because you were just in charge of yourself. So you had a key to your house and you went home and who knows what happens before you had to sort of start to put to put, a, put all the pieces back together and hide all the evidence before your parents came That's right. It. So it's a celebration of benign parental neglect. It absolutely yes. is. And today yes. we're going to talk, we have a, we have a specific... Lots of unstructured time. <laughs> so we have a specific uh, thing we want to talk about today. I actually brought a visual I'm aid so glad you for did. our students. So we're going to be talking about this today. Um, clap if you know what this is. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> so, so, so I am holding up a, a VHS uh, video cassette. Now, okay, you guys know what this is, but I'm judging by your ages. You probably, maybe when you were very, very little in a class... Um, had maybe a teacher show you a movie on this, but most of you are born after the year 2000. So VHS was already, uh, obsolete by yes, then. Already, I mean, they still existed. But already quaint. When's the last time you showed a VHS tape in class? Oh, in class? Yeah, I'm mm, just curious. Yeah, like, no, sure, I can probably. Because you hold like on to these things. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah I had a, uh, I had a clip that was passed on to me from a retired professor. It was a clip from a television show way older than you guys called The West Wing. And it was a clip about geography. And I think the last time that I showed the clip on VHS tape was 2007. Wow. Okay. So that's, so we're, we're closing in on 15 years since yeah. you showed it. And I remember that when we took, do you remember when we took the VCRs out of class? I do. There was there like was an like uproar. A, there was an uproar amongst faculty who were usually like, older faculty, quitting. right? I have nothing left to give the kids if I can't show VHS <laughs> yes. anymore. So, so I want to go back to the, the, the golden days of the 1980s. Do you remember the first time you encountered VHS technology? Yes, for sure. So my grandfather was a professor of media at the University of New Mexico, where I grew up. And what that meant was, in, at least in my mind, as a, as a five-year-old or so, was that my grandfather had not one, not two, but three VCRs. Wow. And that meant he was, I mean, and he was. Did he get a grant for that? Because honestly, these like, were these were several hundred dollars. He would be running simultaneously and he would do things sometimes with just two of them, sometimes all three of them. But it's like, that's what he he was like. That's what it meant to be a media professor is that he um, 
recorded things. Okay, okay. So so you had an early adopter in your life yes. to this, because that's so, pretty early for VHS. So, so I don't remember the VHS. Like, I don't remember a VHS much at home, because all my memories are, like, we would go to my grandparents, and there was just, like, this these endless bookshelves of VHS tapes, and I can even remember what his handwriting looked like, because they were all labeled. Everyone has a sticker down the side. Does this one have that? Well, usually they have, like, a sticker right there, and so then they were you would handwrite whatever it was, and my grandfather would always also always write the runtime. Oh. So you knew. Okay. Like, can I fit this in before nap time or what? Do I have a full 120 minutes? That was a big one for me to have to do the math out in my head for 120. <laughs> but um did you what was your first memory? I, I think it was type? I think it was probably around 1983, which is weird because my parents are not like they don't strike me as like technology early adopters except 1983 is pretty early to that get, is early. To get a, say, a, yeah. a VCR. I remember I, I came home from school one day and my dad showed it to me and, um, like he, son. Yeah. No, and it could be, this? it was like, it was like, I'm about to do a magic trick here. And he, <laughs> like, he showed, and I remember what was on, um, he was playing a tape and it was like a, a Winnie the Pooh, some kind of, I was little, like a Winnie the Pooh movie or something. And he paused it. And I remember like, it was that was like a revelation. He rewound it, and we watched and we watched more. And I just remember thinking that like the world had changed um, because you know you you grow you grow up you know you grow up with like the you know you get the newspaper and you get the TV guide in the newspaper. Yeah. And you and have to be in place exactly whatever time the show you wanted to watch was on. Like you had to be there, and then that to, was it, right? And then to follow it up with another magic trip trick he recorded something yeah, off off of tv that's where it got crazy. And, and and watch and, and and showed me that um so do you the other thing that that the, the vcr taught me vhs taught me was what rental meant yes yeah i remember being very confused that was very confusing there was no other there was no reference point for that in our life well the close the well, closest thing like was I, the roller rink is that what you're gonna oh i guess the the roller yes but they're watching you use it like that's not you don't take it home that's true the closest thing i could think of was the library Library. yeah Yeah. and i remember thinking as a kid this is maybe the kind of kid i was when i when i realized that at the video store you paid money and and you got to have this for a little bit and had to return it and i was comparing it to the library i was really confused by the economic model of the library Library, at that point yeah like how is how are they making money if we're not paying them for that because there's a lot of people like i was the kid who lost their library card, lost library. Books. Oh, sure, and sure. So that's where they were making their money. <laughs> so, so do you remember your first video store? Yes, oh, totally. What was it like? Yep. So it was in a st- in what we a strip mall, if you will, for for the the folks in the crowd. If you think of like Harmar type of mall, so like not not fancy, kind of had seen better days. Yes. And I don't know what it means to be like 1984 and that strip mall had already seen better. What days. were those better but, days? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure, but it was on the end of the strip mall. It was next to our favorite pizza restaurant, which was called Dion's Pizza. And Dion's Pizza, what we would do is we'd go in. There was no like calling ahead to order your pizza. There was no pizza delivery at this time, friends. That has not been invented yet. And so go in, order a pizza, and then go pick out a movie for the weekend while the pizza's cooking. But my brother and I would often be um, sent to scope the movies while my mom waited in line to order the pizza. Because like, if you didn't get there... You weren't going to get the good stuff. But the original um, video store just had these pegboard wall. Okay. like Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So like pegboard walls. And then there were the bookshelves that had one copy 
of the particular movies that they had available. And on the movie, then there was a number. And then you had to take your number and you had to go to the counter and there's the pegboard walls behind the counter and there's all these little tags, these little like paper tags. And they were all the corresponding numbers. And however many of the little tags were hanging there, it's however many copies of the movie that they had. And so we would just like, I mean, I remember running in and I knew exactly where certain things I wanted to watch, like certain things we would rent over and over and over again. So I knew like automatically, like look up in the upper left-hand corner to see if um, to see if Mary Poppins is there. They only have four copies of Mary Poppins, and then if it was gone, I would automatically move over like three rows and down because then there that, that's where like Pollyanna was. It's another like like movie Disney movies from the 1960s, and then it was like if you were totally out of luck, like if we got there too late, then it sucked and we had to rent like bed knobs and broomsticks for like the 19th <laughs> time. So yes, but that's my first memory. So clearly, your video store you you this is when you're in living in New Mexico, yeah. right? And you're yes. living in a, a, a bigger city than, say, what I grew up with. Because <laughs> yes. you just described that the video store had multiple copies okay. of the same movie. Even a movie everybody wanted to see, my our video store would have yeah, one way. copy. So I remember waiting. Uh, so let's see. Return of the Jedi came out in 1983. Yep. I didn't see it in the theater because I was like six years old and you don't, why would you bring a six-year-old to the movies? I was just going to say, you know what? my single mom took us to Return wow. of the Jedi. Okay, you had a great mom. I did. I did. <laughs> And she didn't have a babysitter. Do you want to guess? So what, do you want to guess what year I saw Return of the Jedi? No. And I and I was anticipating it from her? before it came out. I remember having a Return of the Jedi coloring book before the movie came out. I was so excited for this. You know what year I saw the 1983 film Return of the Jedi? 87. Yes. Okay. <laughs> My tenth birthday, we finally were able to rent a copy of Return Aww. of the Jedi. I saw it four list. years after it came out, and I was trying to see it for that whole time. <laughs> How and that, satisfying. That, that was a pretty good turnaround, <laughs> yeah. too, because because the video store had one copy of the movie. So I remember every every we didn't go every week but almost every week we, we'd go yeah, and like that's what yeah. you do on a friday Absolutely. and i would go and i would check to make sure return of the jedi wasn't there because it never was and then eventually by the late 80s i was able to to watch uh, to watch that return. film do you remember how in the window of the video store there was a sign and maybe people have heard this phrase not knowing the context for it you remember the sign that said um Please be kind. Rewind. Please rewind. Yes. Right. Because if you turned your movie, you had to rewind. Probably took you like, I don't know, what would you say? Three minutes. Three minutes yeah. or so to rewind your VHS tape. And if you returned it and it, you didn't rewind it, you got a little fine. Mm-hmm. So you had to. And it's also just part of good social contract theory. Yes. Like just rewind the videotape. But I just remember that. You had to plan in time to like go and do your due diligence of rewinding the VHS. And in fact, there were two warnings. One of them was about your social duty to rewind. Do you remember what the other warning was? Because this was a lot darker. And this, I, in New Mexico, this had to be a bigger deal. Oh, thanks. It was, mm-hmm. no, no, it was always, don't leave the tapes in the car. Yeah, don't leave the tapes in the car and they would they melt. Yeah, and they would always, every video store at the front counter had a melted videotape that was left in a car. They had to like show you. Yeah, it was like a driver's ed it video. It was like, I was just going to say, it was like that. Like, did you in high school where they would bring the car to your high school that had been in the really bad accident, like our version of that was the VHS tape that had melted. It was like Top Gun or it something. Was, and it's was, like, think it of all like, the people yeah. who haven't <laughs> seen Top Gun <laughs> because of this. this. Because of your own just lack of responsibility. Yeah. No, that's so, so true. So you were like scared or shamed yeah. into that. I never oh, left definitely. the tape in the car after well, I saw also, that. Also, sometimes there was the fear of different VCRs worked differently. And some of them, with the way that the video would pop, like pop in and out, there was also like that there was the kind and my grandfather so i'm assuming this was the fancier kind the kind where the actual like 
the portal that you put the tape in to get into the player popped up, right? mm-hmm. and then you put it in and pushed it down. Most of us just had the kind that you pushed it in and out the front, and that baby could get stuck. Mm-hmm. Or you might get like where the tape got caught in there, and then you pull the VCR, you pull the VHS tape out, and now it's just reams of Top Gun, just reams. Right, of them. <laughs> and if the tape broke, how much did it cost to replace a movie? Oh. Do you remember? Um, I think probably I don't remember, but here's what I do remember. I cannot. Okay, this is jumping forward, but in our family, we still joke about the time that my brother left the DVD Waterworld on top of his car <laughs> in college, and he had to pay like a hundred and nine dollars. And this was in this was in nineteen ninety six. Yeah, so they so, were that was a markup, yeah. like a punishment oh, oh, markup. It's yeah. ridiculous. But if, yeah, but, but in in the eighties, if you were going to buy a copy of a movie, oh, like ninety dollars. Oh, ninety dollars. Seventy to oh. ninety dollars was oh, what it cost. That. That's why nobody owned movies. Yeah, that's true. And then it went by the late eighties. It went down. Yeah, I, I think Top Gun famously was like $20. Is when we could start asking for movies for Christmas. Right. I just remember what a good gift that was, is to like coordinate with your siblings. Like you ask for this, I'm going to ask for this, and then we're just going to spend the rest of the break watching these sweet movies, this big stack of movies that we have. Do you remember, though, the anxiety of like, when will the movie be returned? And so like, okay, I couldn't get Return of the Jedi, but did they do it? Did they do a one night rental? Yeah. Did they pop for a weekend rental? Can I come back on Sunday? And there were things they couldn't say and things they could. So it's like, yeah, this should be back sometime yes. by three today. And I actually remember, and I didn't, I should have done this with the Return of the Jedi, but I remember hanging out at the video store and every time somebody returned something, like kind of sneakily walking right, over like, to be like, what was it? What did they, what did they bring back? Yeah. Yes, I think that's definitely. how I saw Karate like, Kid 2 was, exactly. yes. They look like Karate Kid 2 people as they yeah, walk in and then yeah. you jump over to yep. see if that's what they returned. So one other thing with the video store, was your video store linked to any other business adventure? Because oh. a lot of them were and it's a very strange oh, thing. Oh, it's super strange. Yeah, this makes no sense at all. Our video store was linked to a cleaner's. <laughs> Oh, that's super weird. Yeah, that's a front for any, something. That's super weird. It is. It, it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. But like there was like they were owned by the same family. So you could just like wander back and forth between them. And they also like offered, a dry cleaner. Well, yeah. OK. Yeah, so um, or I never knew what this was, but they offered one hour martinizing. Oh, remember sure. That? I have no idea what that was. But yes. So you could get your clothes cleaned and you could rent a movie. Oh, okay. So because really, because and life was so much better because we could just take care of those two um, errands. And right. ma- and may- maybe what I'm thinking of is different again because of New Mexico. But in Minnesota, every video store was linked to a tanning salon. Every video store, it was like tanning and video. That's You'll just, back me up on this. This is a real creepy. thing, right? I, I have no idea what those two businesses have to do with each other. Maybe, I mean, maybe in the trade publications, there wasn't enough to have a video store trade publication and a tanning salon trade publication. So they just combined. So do you feel like there were people that were often going to do both of those things? I mean, I don't. I've never been tanning, so I, I don't know that. Mm. But, but yeah, it was, it was a very, it, there were bizarre. multiple stores in my small, t- small hometown that did tanning and for video tanning rental. And a video rental. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, huh. Let's bring that back. Yeah, That's I think <laughs> I think so. Um, so along with renting at the video store, then there there was also taping movies yes, off of TV. So absolutely, that was really the first iteration. Were you good at that? Was I good at it? Yeah. I didn't have to be good at it because my grandfather. Oh, he taped everything, us. right? So you had so a catalog call him up right there. On the rotary there. phone, and we would literally tell him, like, we'd call him up on the weekend and say, "Here's," and he'd write down the times. He had a little pad of paper in the kitchen where all of the cousins. It was like, record this for Amy, record this for Matt, record this for Todd, and he had a little pad of paper where during the week were all of the various things that he was going to record for us. 
Well, see, I was, <laughs> I was not good at it, and I didn't have a grandfather who was a professional tape stuff off a TV right. person. <laughs> so I had a lot of movies that were missing a chunk. So, we, like, I, well, my I version of Star Wars started on Tatooine. There was no, like, fight scene <laughs> at the beginning. I, 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 I mean, I knew that that was there because I had seen the movie previously, but every time I watched it, that part just wasn't part of the movie. Our worst defense ever. I don't know who in here has seen the original Karate Kid. If any of you have seen, like, the original Karate Kid, but, like, all of this is building. I'm, I'm not, I hope I'm not ruining anything for anybody, but, like, Sp- Spoiler alert Spoiler for a movie alert, 35 in the years old. End, in, the, in, the, in the Valley High, t- or what is it? The Valley, All Valley. All Valley Tournament. Um, at the very end, Daniel LaRusso is going, he, he's got like only the energy for one move left in him and he does this very special move and it's this thing, it's called, it's like the crane. Crane kick, and yeah. he, The crane kick and he lifts, he, get, he lifts up like this and he's up, he's got his one leg up because the next thing he's going to do is jump and kick this leg and take out Johnny. Um, and so like, on our copy, he's lifting his leg and it's like the energy, you can see the crowd's been like um, blacked out or, or, you know, kind of washed out in the mm-hmm. background. And then our tape skipped. And then the next thing we know, everyone's celebrating. Wow. We missed, we like missed the actual, the actual kick. Wow. So, I mean, it's like the worst. Yeah, it is. It did you at least worst. get the like, Miyagi head nod? That. Like, did you? Oh, yeah. Okay, you got that. Happened. And then it skips over to Mr. Miyagi just being like, and that's it. But we didn't know what actually happened. So that's like my. Yeah, you'd use your creativity to fill yeah, that in. Right. Now, so there, that's an example of like. I a, think they just shook hands. Like sure. I think he like went up <laughs> in the crane pose, and then Johnny just extended his hand, and they shook hands, and then it was all good. So that that's an example of of an edit that was accidentally made. But yes. then there were also the movies you taped off of TV that were the TV edits yes. of movies. Do you have any favorite TV edits? Mm, I'm trying to think. Oh, what am I trying to, I'm trying to think of things that did get edited and they would edit out. Sometimes it was like your favorite parts. Or essential pieces yeah, to the or like film. really important pieces of the story. I'll give you an oh, example. Give me an example. So, I don't have one. Uh, I was too young in 1984 to see The Breakfast Club because I was like seven and there's not, I mean, definitely shouldn't watch it as a seven year old. But we My taped. My mom let us watch The Bre- Breakfast Club. Wow, you had a cool mom. <laughs> Uh, so single moms, that's also like a very 80s thing. Yeah. Like, so we had to tape it off of TV. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to tape it off of TV and our parents. And once it's on TV, they don't care, right? Right. Yeah, why is it that once it's on TV, our parents are like, no, because God, they're no, edited God. for content. Right, so let yeah. me explain. <laughs> so in the breakfast club, there's a, do you, re- do you remember in the breakfast club that the, um, they, they leave the room where they're in jail, right? In the, in the school, right? They leave the library to go get something, right? What do they okay. go to get? I don't even remember. Oh. I know. I'm they sorry. go to get Bender's marijuana. Oh, it's his right? marijuana. That's right. right. But in on the TV edit, they don't explain why they leave. Maybe and I they cut the all of, they cut all of that out, right? So they, they cut all that out. So I just know they leave. They're running around. They come back. And then they cut out the pow- part where they smoke, smoke the, marijuana. the marijuana. So all I know is they left. They ran around. And then they're acting strange. And as a little kid, that was really confusing right. to me. Like, and why it, they get so silly? I think it was in college in like the mid-90s when somebody had a VHS copy of the movie. And I watched it. And you were like, And that's the first time together. I realized that they were doing drugs <laughs> in the movie. And I was like, Oh, yeah, that makes I've sense. I've seen the TV version, and that's why I didn't remember they went to get marijuana. So there's a part where they smoke weed in that movie, okay. and that will explain why, <laughs> you know, kind of kind of why that is. Did you have any movies that you watched over and oh, over yeah. and over? Because we're the first generation who had the ability to do that. Yes. So, no, yeah. I mean, it's not very my very first one ever, so I was pretty little. But my grandfather taped um, Yogi Bear's First Christmas, um, and it was a TV special. And I, I would literally watch that tape until it wore out. Like until the quality of the tape could no longer be watched. Um, one of the first things I ever um, owned was Disney's original The Parent Trap, 
which is like 1962. I really liked um, Mary Poppins, that's 61. I didn't like any 1970s Disney movies, but I liked all these 1960s ones. But um, we watched Mary Poppins like over and over and over and over and over again. We watched the original Dune. Oh. Remember Dune? Over and over and over again. There was a tape that I never liked this. It actually freaked me out. Like, I really didn't even want to think about this right now because now I'm going to dream about it and I don't want to. But there was a movie called The Never-Ending Story. Oh, I love that. Do you the remember Never- that with I the tray? Like, I, um, we, my, if my brothers got to choose, we had to watch that over and over and over again. Roller Babies was another <sighs> film we watched. Um, Red Dawn, which I'm pretty sure we should not have been watching, but okay, I could go on and on. Clearly, we had we had a lot, yeah. a lot of them, and you. <laughs> so there, there. The reason I bring this up is because <clears throat> the other thing is like I, as a kid, you don't always. Well, you did because you had your grandpa to like have <laughs> record stuff for you. Like we were sort of left with whatever my parents recorded. Oh, so it's like you and in- I inherited like, my like, parents' movie taste. Oh, like Nova, like a lot of Nova. Specials? No, my parents weren't like that. Um, again, I didn't have a cool mom like yours, but it, they, I also didn't have like a Nova mom. So, um, my mom especially has very specific taste. There's certain things that she loves um, to the point where I was talking to my wife earlier this week uh, about this podcast and I said, there's a movie that I watched over and over and over again that my mom recorded and I just asked my wife, I said, do you want to guess what it's about? Now, here's things that my mom loves. My mom loves stories about people overcoming disabilities. My mom loves stories about people like overcoming poverty, things like this, like very like heartwarming. She's a would be a lifetime movie kind of person. So my wife said, just as a total guess out of nowhere said, uh, I'm guessing it's a story about somebody who grew up in coal country and was like missing a leg. That was my wife's just out of the blue guess based on my mom's taste. The movie that I watched most in my life because it's something that we recorded off of TV was a 1986 movie called A Winner Never Quits, which already sounds like an after-school TV special. <laughs> but here's what the story's about. And remember what my wife predicted. It is about a kid... Growing up in Nanticoke, Pennsylvania, which is coal country, who loses his arm and becomes a professional baseball player. And oh. just to make it even better for my mom, it's based on a true story. Well, and, and I wa- and it's not a good movie, but I watched this movie hundreds of times. There's things that I say like accidentally that are just quotes from a movie that. nobody's ever seen. Um, do you remember the journey of Natty Gann? I do. Oh, that's one that we watched over. So depressing and aw- and like kind of awful there's nothing that i mean it's frightening the entire time but this is how we this is what we told you know each other was kids programming like no worries so what do all these movies say about you as a person um i feel like we need to do something like official and like an introspective that i spent a lot of time alone okay okay. number one because we've already established that's part of like being a latchkey kid but um i i mean I loved movies. I also liked triumphing. I liked triumphing over social difficulties. Like, I mean, I loved The Karate Kid. I watched that a bajillion times because I always felt as a kid so not comfortable in my own skin. So I really related to films where the main character didn't feel comfortable in their own skin. And they, it's not that they change. It's that they grow in their confidence themselves and kind of overcome it. Like, I did love like movies about you were always looking one step ahead of where you were in life. So like I did love like high school movies and things like that. And I just remember that having a big VHS collection, 
Like that sort of said something. I mean, it was like, look at this, you know? I mean, it was something to impress people if they came over and you had like all of these movies to choose from that we don't have to go rent Ferris Bueller's yes. Day Off. I own Ferris Bueller's Or if they owned Day Jaws or something yes, like Jaws. that. That was a great, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I still have issues with oh, that. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that, that, that's grist for another meal. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that at some other time. Amy, as we close the show, is there anything you want to say to our broader podcast audience or our live audience about movies on VHS. I just think the best part about it is that, again, I hope that what's come across is how much anticipation we often had to build and how much patience and then how rewarding it would be. So challenge yourself to when the new movie comes out or you want to down, like... Wait four years. Wait, yeah, wait, wait four years. It will so be worth it. Yeah. I do miss, though, that like that collection, like we don't have... The physical collection. And actually, when I parted with all of my VHS tapes, that was that was kind of difficult yeah. because you knew they were kind of just going to die. They, yeah, they probably it, weren't going to be taken on. Because it wasn't like else. you had a box of VHS tapes yeah. and said, oh, I wonder who wants these. No, right. but nobody, nobody wants, wants these. So old, worn out copy of Dirty Dancing, wherever you wound up. I'm sorry. Yeah, we had some good <laughs> times. We had lots of good times. <laughs> the thing that I would say in closing is we have great nostalgia for for this piece of physical media. But I want to warn you about nostalgia. This is not something anybody should have any romance about. This is a no. this is actually a terrible format uh, to watch films in 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 all ways, shapes. I should probably that throw was in this super in. color though. It is in super color. Yes. Um. So so I would say like like don't ever get convinced that um going back to VHS would be like a cool hipster thing to do. This is this is really a Those waste of your time. Over. Some things are just best left in the past. That's right. And and this yeah, is one of them. Amy, sure. this was very fun it to was. talk about. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the people in our audience have enjoyed it at all. I've sort of not looked at them the whole time. I know. We only worry about this right here. <laughs> so um, do you have anything you want to plug before we end the show? I, I'm throwing a weird... Because I'm asking you because oh. I have something oh, I want to plug. Um, yeah. No, I don't have anything to plug. Today. All right. Can I plug Please a couple do. things? Since we've been talking about movies uh, for for, for students in the room, because by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be after this. This Saturday, we have Bethel Film Forum. We've been talking about movies. Um, at 6.30 p.m. in CC313, Barrett Fisher and I are going to be showing a 1940s noir movie called Out of the Past. You should come to that. More importantly, this Thursday, February 24th, uh, is Bethel Trivia Night. So we've been putting a lot of work into this. Get a team together, sign up, and you should uh, you should be part of Bethel Trivia Night. So I've never good. plugged something on a podcast, but I have, because yeah, I was wondering we have if we people got here. sponsors now or what? It's sponsored by sponsors who don't, uh, who don't and won't pay us anything, but (laughs) we'll, we'll put those plugs in. Amy, this has been very fun. And in the immortal words of Billy Ocean, when the going gets tough. Oh, the tough get going right over to do some tanning. Mama needs a tan. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Latchkey Kids. Email us at channel3900 at gmail.com and subscribe to the Channel 3900 Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.